Best Health with Dr. Chris Banning. This podcast will teach you how to get healthy and remain that way naturally. Hey there, welcome back to Your Best Health with Dr. Chris Banning. My name's Aaron. I'm sitting here with Dr. Chris Banning. How are you, Dr. Banning? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks it's, for asking. Uh, it's kind of like summertime already. We're getting uh, getting heated up outside and uh, getting getting summer, getting ready to take off for summer. Yeah, my uh, I was driving around. It said 102 on my mirror. You know that little temperature gauge in your car. <laughs> I didn't believe that. It was not 102 today. Mine on the inside said 90 degrees when I sat down. Really? Yeah, it's perfect perfect weather for a hike, isn't it? Yeah, you know what's funny though is when it's been kind of cool for a while, you're you're for me anyhow i'm excited about the hot weather yeah but you give me 10 days like that in a row where it's over 100 degrees Mm -mm. i don't know if i'll be excited for it i have i I am a right-brained creative type and i've always enjoyed winter and fall winter the most that's my favorite time of year always since i was a child so my fact i never liked swimming i didn't like being hot outside I sat inside and read books or wrote or really drew pictures. Yeah, I was I was an indoor. Uh, I, I still don't like summer. I get you grouchy. Uh, I love the summer. The only fun I had last summer was out on your boat with you. Yeah. Well, maybe we can do that again. Well, and now maybe they, catch some fish while we're doing it. Maybe I will start liking summer. Yeah. Get out on the water. Put you on a dinghy. We can pull you around the lake. <laughs> Say, hold on. Here we go. Yeah. Well, what's our, our subject today? What are we going to be? Cause you know, we kind of left with a teaser last episode. Well, I know, and I, I hope I'm not getting too too involved, but with some of the stuff we're talking about, once you listen to some of these podcasts, you might be able to start putting one-on-one together on some of your health and some of the things that are happening. But uh, we started out with, we talked a lot about muscles that you never thought you had. Correct. And muscles that are not under voluntary control, but involuntary control that make our lives Shall we say more convenient? Absolutely. Yeah. Like the, uh, you know, the sphincter muscles in your bladder. Yep. Around your colon. Those are convenient to have because you don't soil yourself. You don't mm-hmm. wet yourself and all those fun things. So, and then, so we, uh, we talked about, you know, digestion is a north to south process from the chewing. We talked about going to a picnic, right? Right. Yep. And we talked about ribeye steaks, baked potatoes, and all. We call it the cephalic part of digestion. That's where the brain kicks in. What you see, what you hear, like, hey, we going to have watermelon? Oh. Woo. You're doing it again. Yeah. I'm you're, starting to drool right now. You're making me hungry. Yeah. And so... All those memories that we have and all the sensory information that we receive from our brain, it doesn't just stop in our brain. It goes to our digestive organs and, uh, you know, our digestive organs can function automatically without us even knowing it. So we talked about the salivary glands. We talked about the esophagus. We talked about the stomach and uh, we left it there. Yeah. And so from the stomach, it goes into the small intestine. So the stomach should have all your food basically digested okay and if it's not digested then you're probably going to get some opportunistic bacteria that are not healthy for you that will come in and start creating havoc with your immune system now why wouldn't your food digest uh eating poor food poor quality food or what i would call non-food items recreational food You know, it's gotten to the point where a lot of these companies, you know, like Frito-Lay and 
they call their food recreational food. Really? Yeah. Well, it's got trans fats. It's got high fructose corn syrup. I mean, it's got all kinds of stuff that really is really difficult for your body to handle and toxic for your body. And it creates damage to your cells, to your DNA, and to your tissues. That's not fun. Yeah. So, you know, and without going into too much, but if you, if you have, if you're eating food on a regular basis, it's damaging your DNA, you're going to produce cells that are just deficient. They don't function properly. So, but, uh, so yeah, you go from your stomach, undigested food will get digested by unhealthy bacteria. Um, you can take a supplement. Some people take antacids, which actually creates more stress on your body because you're, the antacids are absorbing the acid that your body's trying to produce. And so your, your chief cells start to run out of acid. Your brain's sending a signal to those areas and so you know you end up getting an ulcer okay and you can get an ulcer in the lining of the stomach or in the first section of the the small intestine and so the first section of the small intestine has a it has an opening for the pancreatic juices enzymes Mm -hmm. and uh protein digesting enzymes and it has a duct that's combined uh with the the uh hepatic duct so you've got the bile and you've got the pancreatic juices coming into this one area and they're alkaline. It makes sense because the, the stomach is highly acetic. So when it empties into there, that alkaline coming in with the acetic neutralizes each other. Okay. So if your pancreatic juices aren't working, if you have a blocked pancreatic duct, which is very serious, or if you have a blocked uh, bile duct, that can be serious too. And so what will happen over a period of time is that acid will hit that first section of the small intestine. Hmm. And there's no no alkaline fluids coming in from the pancreas or the, or the, or the gallbladder. Nothing to neutralize Right. It. And so that first section of the duodenum is where you get the ulcer. That's, that's the most common place to get it. And so what do we do? We cut the bladder out, the gallbladder. I never really understood that. <laughs> yeah, it's full of stones and sludge. We've got to cut it out. And so, you know, there's, there's, there's gallbladder cleansing things that you can do. There's foods that you can eat to help cleanse your blad, your gallbladder. But if you have a bad gallbladder, you've got a liver that's not doing too good. So we talked about the hepatic portal system. We'll go over three quick things, and we'll get into small intestine. So we're talking about intelligent design. So you get all this food. Now, is this... Is the food we have, is there a chance that there's, there could be some bad bacteria in there? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So we chew the food. We poke holes into it. We put acid into the cells of the holes with the, with the digestive juices that we have and the enzymes. And then what happens is there's this portal. It's the liver that drains all the digestive organs, all the nutrients that have come out of there to make sure that it's good and healthy. It detoxifies things. Why would you want something that detoxifies things? Well, because if you don't catch it early on, it'll get in your body and it'll create toxicity in your cells because it's going to circulate. Okay, so once it's detoxified, once these nutrients are completely digested, they run right through that hepatic portal. It's a portal. And then what your portal system does is it returns that blood right into the circulation. That's miraculous. 
That is. And, I mean, without going into too much, it returns it to the superior vena cava, which is the big vessel that contains blood that's returning from the cells. In other words, it has CO2 in it. Okay. All right. And that, that blood will go into the right side of the heart, which is the part of the heart that pumps the from the atrium. The atrium will fill up. That's one of the four chambers. And then it'll it'll empty into the right ventricle, and then the right ventricle will punt this CO2 blood into the lungs. Okay? Now, a really neat, I'm getting into a rabbit trail, but a really fantastic property of red blood cells is their shape. Their shape is a biconcave disc, which allows them to absorb CO2 and absorb oxygen at the same time. So that's what's carrying our CO2 and our oxygen. So what happens is that CO2 carried by the red blood cells from the cells that have already breathed or cellular respiration is then taken into the lungs when we take in a breath where we have oxygen. We have these little tiny alveolar sacs. Um, they basically increase the surface area. Uh, so when we have increased surface area, more reactions can take place, more CO2 can diffuse as you exhale. That's where you exhale your CO2. There's enough surface area in our lungs to cover a football field. No way. Yes way. <laughs> <laughs> and these That's little lungs lot. about the size of two fists. <laughs> and so then when you exhale, you blow off the CO2, then you inhale, and guess what? The red blood cells, they've gotten rid of the CO2, and now they're ready to take oxygen. And so that oxygen goes from the uh, from the lungs and then into a pulmonary artery, which carries oxygenated blood to the left side of the heart. And the left side of the heart pumps out the oxygenated blood through the aorta. And that aorta is just a massive vessel. But there's an arch of the aorta, and then off the arch are the arteries that go up into your brain, your shoulders, your arms, hands, and fingers. But then there's that big arch that goes down into your belly, um, goes into your thoracic spine, into your your chest. Then it goes into your, when it passes through the diaphragm, it goes into your belly. And then it splits out and goes into your legs. Okay. And so that oxygenated blood gets into your, it goes to these arterioles. And then it goes through these things called capillaries. And then the capillary is so small that one red blood cell can go through it. To give you an idea how big a red blood cell is, you can put 100,000 red blood cells on the head of a pin. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> so, they're, so they're marching through these capillaries, single file, into the cells. So you got a football field and you got marching, uh, you got a marching band now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's carrying the oxygen, it's carrying the nutrients like the... Uh, the, the, the digested uh, carbohydrates is carrying the digested fats and the digested proteins into these cells. And now these cells have all these are called organelles. And there's DNA in the middle of the cell. But the cell uses all this stuff to repair itself, to contribute and become more healthy and be a part of the body to where it can act as a bone cell or a nerve cell or a a muscle cell or whatever it needs to do. And then after all that stuff is dropped off, you know, that's food. Mm -hmm. Then there's CO2 and there's waste products, you know? And so those waste products and CO2 go into a venule or a, a very tiny, it's like a capillary, it's like a vein. And then 
it all comes back. Remember we talked about the vena cava? Yes. That's like a big yeah. stovepipe that carries deoxygenated blood, CO2, and it just pumps it right back up to the right side of the heart. It's like a, we've missed a million steps. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. but there's one-way valves. Um, you ever wonder how, how does the blood make it from your your toes all the way up to your heart again? That's a good question. I've never thought yeah. about that. And so your muscles will contract, and there's one-way valves in your veins. They're like little bucket flaps. So the blood will You'll contract, the muscles will contract and squeeze those veins, and then the blood has one direction to go, up. And then those those little bucket valves will drop, and it'll go up again. It keeps going up. That's a miracle. Yeah. It's amazing to me. Yeah, so. And all this is going on right now with me and you as we're sitting here recording a podcast. Well, we're not thinking that, about it, yeah. That, that, things like that boggle my mind. Yeah. So that's a hepatic pathway okay that dumps into the the uh the superior vena cave and goes into the heart there's another part called the lymphatic system and what the lymphatic system does is it filters your fluid between your cells it's called the intercellular fluid and so the immune system is made up of the tonsils which get cut out the adenoids which get cut out the lymph nodes the lymph nodes are strategically placed you know where they would be placed strategically? Lymph nodes in your neck. Nose? Why would they be in the nose? Airborne bacteria. Okay. Right? Yep. So it drains your sinuses, not just the maxillary where your cheeks are, but you have them in the frontal area. You've got them off to the sides. you got them all the way back deep into your brain tissue. So those are lymphatics. And they filter out just harmful bacteria. But these lymphatic vessels are really highly concentrated in your neck, in your armpits, and in your groin area. Interesting. And with that, you have the spleen. And so, um, you know, remember when everybody was talking about AIDS? Yeah. We talked about the killer T cells. Yep. They're made in the spleen. And these killer T cells can... So the, the killer T cells, um, a general term for these is, is, a, is a lymphocyte. Um, and what they do, their job is to eat other bad cells. Okay. And so they'll eat them and they'll dissolve them and dispose of them. Um, and so that's what happens with the lymphatics. And so your lymphatics um, works with your spleen and all the lymphoid tissue um, and the, uh, the thymus, the adrenals, excuse me, not the adrenals, the adenoids, all that's situated around major airways. You've got them around your sinuses. You got them around your throat. See, I thought they were in my neck. That's that's why. Well, you have them in your neck too. Uh, you know, right where your collarbones are. Yeah, there's a lot of them right there. And that's and why there's I'm... a lot around your lungs and your heart. Okay. You ever heard of Hodgkins or non-Hodgkins? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's those. Lymphatics. Mario Lemieux has that. A uh, great hockey player from Pittsburgh. Is he? Uh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know um, and so. That inter- that fluid between the cells is pushed around through muscles, and it's dumped back into the inferior vena cave as well. It just circulates, okay? While we're talking about filtration, we might as well talk about the kidneys. Yeah. So the kidneys uh, filter your blood. Phew, I don't know. you got about four gallons of blood in your body, I'm guessing. Um, and that's, that's so all. Much. It's all driven by the heart. But it's all driven by movement. In uh, one of our podcasts, I want to talk about the thoracic pump. 
Okay. And that's the breathing in and breathing out. The actual diaphragm pushing down and expanding the chest, mm-hmm. which creates a negative pressure. Okay. But it creates a positive pressure in the, in the abdomen. And so that breathing, that rhythm is crucial for your circulation. Okay. That's why breathing is so important. So, you know, so we're going to talk about the small intestine. Now, I, I, I didn't talk about one of the most important things of the small intestine is when, you know, the, the food goes to the hepatic portal system, the liver, it's returned into the the heart, mm-hmm. you know, through the, uh, the superior vena cava. And now what happens also is that food that has been digested from the stomach enters the small intestine and the small intestine absorbs it. What I mean is there's little villi. Remember we talked about alveoli? Mm-hmm, I do. Okay. Size of a football field. Well, there's little villi, finger-like projections that project into the opening or the lumen of the small intestine. And they have tremendous amount of surface area. They have a lot. Mucus is critical for this. And so these little areas have these finger-like projections that project into the opening and you've got all this digested nutrients that are coming in to that small intestine. And so these little villi have, I mean, they're just, villi means finger-like projection. And these, these fingers have capillary, they have a venule, and they have a lacteal. The lacteal is for the lymphatics. Okay. And so the lymphatics and the blood um, with these little capillaries are on the end of these finger-like projections that are inside of your intestine. There's just millions of them, millions of them. And they absorb that, those nutrients inside of the capillaries. And those nutrients uh, from there go into the main circulation as well. And so that's what absor- absorption is called. It's where you're absorbing the food from the small intestine into your bloodstream and into all the cells. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but there's a little thing called the brush border in there, um, which is a area that's right over the villi. And that area is where a lot of really important um, physiological reactions that take place. We don't even know what happens there. Really? Vitamins are made. uh, Something called intrinsic factor is made. They call it intrinsic factor. They really don't know what it does. Um, (laughs) But there's so many things that happen right there. And then so from the duodenum, it goes to the jejunum and then the ileum. And then at the ileum, there's a valve that's called the ileo for ileum, cecal valve, cecum. That's, that's where the large intestine and the small intestine meet. And what that valve is, is as the absorption takes place, you're, you're getting closer to the large intestine. And when you pass into the large intestine, you are basically going from the kitchen to the crapper okay yeah so that valve is really important that it works because you want it to go one way if the valve doesn't work very well you're going to have poo and feces coming back into the small intestine Mm. and that's when somebody can be very sick but that's all under i mean autonomic system control that's amazing yeah it's all under that and what if so, we had to think about it what if we had to think to make our body do all this dude, stuff i can't even i can't remember where my keys are much less we figure out how to turn my ileocecal valve on shoot you know yeah um so 
then the, then it goes into the large intestine. You know, large intestine is where we reabsorb our water and our electrolytes. And water and electrolytes are really important because that is where we get our polarity, our energy, our ability to conduct electricity, that kind of thing. Okay. And so it does. It it reabsorbs the water and the electrolytes. Um, it's also responsible for storing feces and forming feces. That would be poop. Um, the other thing that it does is the large intestine is actually a huge part of the immune system. You, have you ever heard of the gut-brain axis? Mm-hmm. I have, oddly enough. Well, there's a connection between the brain and the gut. Now, remember, we talk about how important a nervous system is to have a strategy that will help your nervous system function better. Okay, That's what chiropractors do. There's so many things that a nervous system that's functioning well that it does that we just don't even know about. You can't tell me that you can feel that you have good bacteria. No way. Working. Mm. But the bacteria signal to the brain. The gut signals to the brain and the brain signals to the gut through the autonomic nervous system. There's a nerve called the vagus nerve that branches off the brainstem, the lower part of the brainstem. And that vagus nerve, the word vagus or vag means vagabond. It's a wanderer. It wanders all the way through our organs. It controls everything. So you've got two parts of your nervous system. You've got the part that's for rest and digest, which is what you want to be turned on when you're digesting your food, right? Right. That's what controls it. Now, if we're in a fight or flight mode, fear-based that takes the blood and the oxygen away from the gut and brings it into the muscles. Okay. You understand why? Because yeah. you're ready to fight. Right. So you either got fear, fight, or flight going on in your brain because anxiety, stress, sadness affect your gut because your brain controls your gut. And so what will happen is if you're anxious, you won't digest your food properly. Um, you won't have good blood flow to the digestive organs. Over time, there can be a deficiency or an interference with healthy cell function, and that can lead to loss of coordinated function. Loss of coordinated function leads to dis-ease and disharmony Mm -hmm. in your digestive tract, in any one area like, say, a cell or a, a tissue or an organ of that system, and then the system just starts to function poorly. So there's a balance between rest and digest um and uh you know fight or flight so is that connected because i know depression branches out into all sorts of illnesses yeah is that are they connected that way if if you're yeah so basically your brain and your body talk to each other and remember, we talked about the definition of the nervous system is, is its function is to control every cell, tissue, organ, and system of the body. It literally does. So the bacteria in your gut actually signal the brain, and then the brain signals your bacteria in your gut, mainly your, your, your large intestine. And if those bacteria are good and healthy, you're producing good neurotransmitters. Okay. You're producing things that will help grow and repair tissues. Um one of the things is we talked about uh, insoluble fiber in one of our podcasts. Well, insoluble fiber is broken down in your large intestine, and that's really good for the gut bacteria. So 
you want to eat healthy foods, you can actually make good choices to have good, healthy gut bacteria to produce good neurotransmitters. Okay. So there's, there's soluble fiber. And then there's right. insoluble fiber. Right. Exactly. And they both have their place. Yes, they do. Uh, another purpose for the insoluble fiber is it absorbs water. And we didn't talk about this. And this is another thing. So the muscles in your GI tract, your tube, um, they're smooth muscles. And guess what they're run by? Your autonomic nervous system, unconsciously. Mm-hmm. All right. So the way it works is if you have fiber, it expands when you have water. When it expands, it pushes out on the walls of the large intestine. When it pushes out, that creates a reflex. It's called peristalsis. And your large intestine will propel the feces through. How about that? Okay. Yeah, the GI tract. So it's just all so interrelated. It's crazy. It is. And and fiber, my, my grandmother called it roughage. Yeah. And that's what she would refer to it. And I didn't know until years later that roughage was fiber. Right. But she was a believer way back before, you know, science. She knew anything when she lived on a farm. She knew that roughage was key Uh to to keeping your system properly functioning. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people will go get Metamucil and stuff like that. And that's like a man-made. Is it really? Is that made in the fat in the. uh, Well, it's not food. mm -mm. Yeah. So. You know, the best fiber you can have is just eat a variety of vegetables. Yeah, and Mostly fruits. vegetables and some fruits. Apples have good fiber. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that's going to really help with the uh, with the digestion. It's going to help with good, healthy gut bacteria. and uh, But that brain-gut axis, uh, they're just finding out so many things and how that affects the immune system. It affects your overall health. So, so if I was to look at some really good strategies – the top two strategies that I can think of is take care of your nervous system. Okay. That means going to the chiropractor, get Mm -hmm. adjusted regularly. Um, that also means, um, there was some, some information out on Facebook that talked about how dancing is so good for the nervous system. Okay. Move, you know, challenge yourself, you know, listen to some music and dance, dance with your wife, dance with your husband. You've never seen me dance. It's not pretty. Who cares if you're having a good time? <laughs> you know, you're smiling. You hear the music. You're you're moving. Yeah. Um. You're kind of like uh, Seinfeld. Yes. When, when she danced. Uh, yeah. What was her Elaine. name? Uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah. Mine's about like that. I think. Unfortunately, I was yeah. not blessed with the uh, with rhythm. So yeah. So you take care of your nervous system. Do something that challenges you, either physically or mentally. You know, do something new all the time. But. Um, but but the chiropractic thing is what we call neuroplasticity. That nervous system needs to be able to adapt because um, that's what health is about. The more mm-hmm. adaptable you are, the more you can stand up to stress because your body, when it receives a stressor, it has to adapt. Like when it's like over 100 degrees out, You're right. your body yep. has to sweat. Yep. And so when it sweats, it you know helps cool you and yep. keep your body temperature at a good, healthy temperature. But the other thing is digestion eating you know water eating healthy food those are the two best things that you can do and throw in some exercise but those are the strategies i mean those are i call those upstream strategies you know what a downstream strategy is no well all i can tell you is this if we're on the tippy canoe river that's where my wife lives up in indiana and you see a bunch of cows in the Tippecanoe River. Yeah. 
You want to be upstream or downstream? I want to be upstream. Upstream. <laughs> Those are the strategies that we want. We don't want to wait till it's downstream and, and too much stuff has gone down the river. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I see what you mean now. <laughs> yeah. So an upstream strategy for your health is to take care of your nervous system, to take care of your digestive system, and that move. The reason movement is so good is because that feeds your brain. Okay. So eat healthy. Get some movement. And see your, chiropr- your chiropractor, if I can speak properly. Those are the things. Because chiropractic is what takes care of your nervous system. And if, yes. you, ha- if you haven't seen your chiropractor, your local chiropractor, in, in a while, I'd say it's very important to, to, to set up an appointment and get your, uh, get your nervous system where it should be for optimal health. Yes, very much so. And... Um we're learning a lot about the, the vagus nerve and what things inflame the vagus nerve, but you can actually control your autonomic nervous system by just breathing exercises. That's yeah. what you can do. Yeah, we've discussed that before, actually. Yeah, we have. We have. So. Okay. Well, if you live anywhere near Middle Tennessee, we would love to see you here at Dr. Banning's office. Uh, we're located on Raymond Hirsch Parkway in the beautiful little town of White House, Tennessee. We're right under one of the big water towers. And you can also just uh, give us a call if you'd like. As soon as I find that phone number, uh, it's area code 615-672-7878. Or you can check us out online. Just go to whitehousechiropractic.com. And there you do have a contact list. You can send us questions. Find out more about Dr. Banning and uh, how he can help. Dr. Banning, this has been interesting. I love thinking about this type of thing because it just... it. it, uh, it it exercises my brain, I guess you'd say. Yes. It's fun to talk about. It's fun, mm-hmm. fun to imagine what all is going on because I can't see it. I got to imagine it. But you have right. a great way of, of, of putting things, and it makes it easy. So I appreciate that. Do you have anything else you'd like to say? No, but uh, eventually we can sit down if, if you listen to some of these podcasts, and then we can start talking about you know strategies to improve your digestion or if you have an ulcer, what you can do or um, you know how to – improve your nervous system function things like that that would be great that'd be fantastic i know there's listeners that would love that so we'll we'll get that on the schedule well i hope you have a great week listener and you too dr banning and we will be back next week 